Berry. But you're forgetting about Puck Attacks. Puck Attacks! Yeah. I think we're all forgetting about that. And Tim Parrish. If I was any better, I'd be twins. The Sedin twins or the Sutter twins? Neither or. They both have millions of dollars. We're going into ridiculousness over here. Going off the rails. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Puck Junk Podcast. Sal Barry here along with Tim Parrish and... Today, like last week and like every week, we're going to talk about hockey and hockey cards. Tim, how you doing today? I am fantastic. L- let me ask, why were your kids' baseball games canceled? Um, Was it raining? Well, yeah. It's a long story, but at least for today. Um, so my older son plays in a wood bat league. And long story short, they were supposed to play at the... Gary South Shore Railcat Stadium, uh-huh. um, but apparently the Railcats grounds crew couldn't keep up with the rain from over the weekend and get the fields ready, so they've uh-huh. postponed it again another week. So we're already three weeks pushed back on the schedule for that that league. So uh-huh. it's been well, fun. Yeah, Fall I mean, baseball is always awesome. Yeah, when you have to wear long sleeves or a jacket, that's yeah. uh, that's baseball fun. in no baseball in November is not my idea of a good time but yeah i mean what are you gonna do in march can also be really cold i mean i remember going to a cubs uh, cubs game actually in april and like freezing and uh um being at a i mean i've been i've been cold at hockey games too and i like don't wear enough layers or if i you know just don't think about it uh like oh i should probably wear an extra maybe wear something under this jersey or not just go in t-shirts and shorts you know um but Baseball, and it makes it even worse in a baseball field because there's generally nothing to block the wind. So anytime you go to the fields around here, it's 10 degrees colder than everywhere else. Wow. So what I want to do is um, I want to talk about uh, a couple of upcoming releases. Actually, one thing that's coming out in a little bit uh, and another thing that just came out. So first, I want to talk about the new 2019-20 Leaf Superlative set. So as most of us know there are other companies besides Upper Deck that make hockey cards, hockey collectibles. Leaf is one of them, although they don't have an NHL license. They don't have an NHLPA license, which sometimes leads to some interesting or creative design choices on their cards. But I took a quick look at the sell sheet for Leaf Superlative, which is coming out October 18th. It's about 150 bucks a box, which contains one premium hit per box. And that's it. It's one card. One box, 150 bucks. Um, I'll tell you what really caught my eye were some of the cards had six or eight autographs on them. There were ones called All-Star Inc. 6 and All-Star Inc. 8 that either had six or eight autographs per card. Three on the front, three on the back, or four on the front, four on the back. They had another one that was really cool called Old Time Hockey, which had eight pieces of of memorabilia and eight little portrait pictures of the players. And this was all on the front side of the card. I mean, eight per side. That's crazy. That's a lot. And those are really small swatches too, but it's still a pretty cool presentation. Then they had something called signature sweaters, which had six swatches, six autographs and six photos. So they're actually using like the player headshots, which I like. Um, And I think when you have that many pieces of memorabilia, or autographs, you can get away with just showing a a head and shoulder shot 
and nobody would be like, oh, that's dumb. You can't see the logo on the jersey. Uh, but speaking of jersey logos, they're also doing cards where they're just basically taking like a piece of a logo and putting it on a card. Like they were showed one that was like it was a duel like Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager card that used a penguins patch, the conceited swan, as I call it. The conceited swan was their uh, 1992-93 going forward logo. Uh, uh, So using like pieces of that, two of those on one card. Uh, And then they had like a couple other things, um, uh, spectacular swatch signatures, which had large uh, patch pieces, fight straps or something like that, along with uh, a signature superlative signature shields really have a thing for alliteration here um an autograph plus an nhl logo from a jersey which look kind of nice i mean a fight strap and an nhl logo i guess an nhl logo from a jersey and anything will look pretty cool together um have you collected any of the leaf cards in the past um not while they were not not after in the game and leaf combined I used okay. to do the indie game stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I never really got into the leaf cards for the very reason that it was kind of the the whole risk reward thing. Like you said, it's it's one box, it's one pack, it's one card, and you're talking a hundred and fifty dollar price tag on it. But I look at them all the time, and I've I've picked up individual cards for some of my player PCs, mm-hmm. um, just on the secondary market, but I've never actually bought a box retail um from anything i had i did look at some of these mock-ups of uh of the cards that are going to be available in the set and and you're right some of them are they're they're amazing as far as what the design the design is and i would like i mean honestly i mean i mean you know where my heart lies i like autographs i'm not super huge into jersey cards I would be disappointed if I got a card that had a piece of jersey. I mean, even if it was a piece of a logo from a jersey, I'd still just be kind of a little disappointed, like, for $150, you know? Because if you think about it, just a a jersey by itself card, you know, if you look at something, like, from, like, a box of artifacts or a box of black diamond or a box of something that has, like, a really good patch, I mean hundred dollars maybe i mean obviously it varies depending on who the player is but i mean to me we all have like thresholds you know we look at like a common jersey card that has like a white swatch we're like yeah that's a three dollar card right five dollar card maybe if it's a good player but you know and if it's a better piece of the jersey or piece of the logo yeah i just don't know if it's 150 so i always kind of look at like what's the worst card I can get and would I still be happy? And if, if not, then I usually stay away. And if I, you know, if I could take the risk, that's okay too. Or if it's a set that I want to build, then, uh, you know, like every now and then, like say artifacts, I'll be like, I want to build the set, you know? And um, well, actually I don't have, uh, uh, I don't know if they, they do Jersey cards in those anymore. We'll find out soon when we, when we review artifacts, but um yeah, so to me that that just seems like a big risk, and I'm not. I don't know if I want to take that for 150 bucks for one card. You know, I, we I can we see that we're gonna get the one that has the eight autographs on it, and we're gonna sure. get the one that has the fight strap from you know Joey Kosher. 
Well, and that's one of the that's one of the reasons why I've shied away from it too. But you know, it, from from looking at what Leaf has thrown out there, especially on Twitter, uh, with the tease of kind of one from each of their subsets, I guess that are mm-hmm. coming on there. All the ones that have jersey pieces on them, mm-hmm. from what I could tell, they either had an autograph to go with them. Or the jersey peach was some kind of uh, patch swatch. The mm-hmm. only plain jersey swatches I saw were of the old time Hall of Famers, like mm-hmm. you know the Gordy Howe or the um, <clears throat> Rocket Richard, or mm-hmm. um, you know guys guys of that caliber. Most of the most of the uh, folks that played in the eighties and nineties and and onward, uh, it looked like the pieces were multicolor or something like that. So not not straight up a boring plain white swatch. No. But, you know, again, you're back to, okay, is what you're going to pull a $150 card? I don't know that answer. Maybe it's right. a $1,000 card. Maybe it's a $20 card. I don't know. Right. I haven't seen the whole set checklist, so I I, I don't know what's all in there and if... If there's a bigger bust, then there is boom. They're so. also doing cut signatures from like deceased Hall of Famers, uh, you know, guys from like the 20s and 30s. So I mean, there's there's some exciting stuff in there. I just yeah. uh, I I don't know. Uh, it, it's maybe not my thing, but I think if you're into like the high end stuff, then it's it's probably worth a shot. Now going to the other end of the spectrum, going from the very high end to the very low end, maybe. Uh, I know some people are biased against stickers. Stickers are almost like lower than cards. You know, you have your your jersey cards and autograph cards, your your short print cards, your base cards, and then below that you have stickers, just collectible stickers, right? Which don't get the same respect. I mean, a Mario Lemieux tops rookie card, maybe it's a hundred dollar card. His Opeechi sticker from that year, not a hundred dollar thing, maybe. maybe $10. I mean, I don't know. There's like no, there's not as solidified of a market for it. I mean, there's price guides and then there's people who will just sell you the whole album for like $20 with all the stickers. So Tops, as we talked last week, is making their sticker set, which is going to come out in November. And we'll talk about that when it comes out. But I found this actually surprising. I was just scrolling through Facebook and they advertised on Facebook that they were going to be doing Tops Now stickers, which surprised me. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, well, they did do the Tops Now in the uh, in their um, Skate mobile app. But I didn't really think about it because they were still digital cards. They just had a Tops Now logo on it. So right. it was just like, it didn't really impress me. It was like oh, okay, yeah, this thing happened yesterday and now they're making a Tops Now digital card about it and you can get it for 24 hours or until 2,000 of them are pulled or whatever. Like, who is that goalie? Was it Jeff Glass, the one that they they called up a couple years ago and he made, like, his NHL debut at, like, 32 and then Tops Now put out, like, a a card of him in in their... um, Was it Glass? Wasn't it? Was it Glass or was it the guy from the Blackhawks? Wasn't Glass uh, the Blackhawk? Was he? I'm confused. Yeah, yeah I don't know. 
I know Cody Glass is on the uh, he's on the uh, Golden Knights, but um, yeah, a- anyways. So um, what? Uh, yeah, it was Jeff Glass, but anyway. So um, what they're doing now is so so this week until Thursday, they're selling a nine card pack of stickers for seven dollars and forty nine cents plus tax, uh, and then they're throwing in a free album. And each week they're going to put out nine stickers, a pack of nine stickers that you'll put in this album. Um, I think that's kind of interesting because uh, Tops is doubling down literally on the whole sticker thing uh, with their Tops Now. I mean, they can't do cards, so they can't even do like their Tops Now cards like they do for baseball, but they can do them as stickers. And so instead of just buying one sticker, two stickers, they're just going to sell you nine at a time. Uh, there's an album, so you kind of have incentive to get them all and not just pick and choose, like maybe with the baseball cards. You might just say, oh, that's my favorite player. I'll buy that card. Or that's my favorite team. I'll buy that card. But um, the, here you kind of have like a reason to buy them all. Uh, so far, they've revealed four. The Blues raising their championship banner. Um, Austin Matthews uh, game uh, the in the... Uh, Maple Leafs uh, debut game a couple of nights ago, a uh, Connor McDavid card and a uh, Capo Caco card, and then plus another five stickers, which they haven't announced yet. So that's the dealio with that. What, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on that? So I was trying to find some more information about these earlier, um, kind of looking through because I know we had chatted briefly about it a couple of days ago, and I'm I'm still trying to figure out what exactly or what format the sticker album is taking is it is it like the old sticker albums where there'll be a you know a small space with a number on it that that that's where you stick that sticker or is it going to be set up kind of like uh maybe like a nine pocket page where you just slide the sticker in that's what i was trying to figure out it's well, I will tell you, they did show the backs of one of them, and it did look like a sticker. It said number one, and then it had, like, a whole bunch of copyright information. Okay. Stickers usually don't have stats on the back of them because you peel the backing and you throw it right. away. So right. the the backing, at least what they showed, because uh, they showed the backing for the first sticker, it literally just looked like a throwaway thing. Like, it just had sticker number okay. one, and then it had, like, all the NHL and NHLPA copyrights. And then I think it reiterated it in French and then it was, uh, you know, that was it. So there'd be no point in putting it in a page in in like a nine pocket page, but yeah, that's a, that, that's an interesting thought. And and that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is what's the market for a sticker album. Um, are we marketing these to kids again? with stickers i don't know that the average collector is going to go after stickers i'm just being honest no Um, you're right but at the same time these are the tops now stickers and if you follow tops now it's just like you said these are immediate immediate production of an event that occurred and they're only available for a limited time you know a, a week in the case of these and you can buy them and once they're gone, they're gone. And then the only way to get them again from a physical standpoint would be to buy them on the secondary market. So you're looking at paying $7.50 or $7.49 plus tax, whatever it is, from Tops every single week 
throughout the season as long as they keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I well, mean, I mean, I imagine... normally you buy a sticker pack, You're like back when Panini did stickers. Okay, so you mm-hmm. buy a you buy a book for a buck, buck fifty, whatever it would cost. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they would give you a book. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times at the promotions at the local card shops for you know Father's Day or you know National Hockey Card Day or whatever, you know you'd get a book. Um, but you buy packs for a dollar to a dollar. 20 i think mm-hmm. was most of the most of the prices for them or you could buy a box of the stickers if you found somebody retail that was selling them for anywhere from 25 to 30 bucks in most cases um when they would first come out so you know, yeah so you spend 30 bucks on a box and a sticker album and try to complete it and probably not and end up with a lot of doubles or you get a free album and you just buy essentially the stickers that you need as you go. Um, right. And so just doing some quick math, figuring that the season's maybe like nine months long, figures like roughly four weeks in a season. So you're looking at like 36 weeks, maybe uh, we'll just say 36 and then uh, multiply by nine stickers a week. So that's 324 stickers. We're looking at like, it's probably going to cost you probably close to $9 a week. Uh, cause it's seven forty nine, And then, like I said, it was, uh, I saved 10%, which ooh, 75 cents. There was, uh, you know, sign up for our email newsletter and get 10% off. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I did that. So, I mean, you know, it came out to under $8 with the tax. Uh, the shipping is free if you do their like super saver shipping, which right. is fine. I'm not going to pay $13 to overnight the stickers to me cause they, you know, they'll, they'll, but you really even... want them, don't you? Yeah, I can wait, though. I mean, come on. There are sets that I've been building for 25 years that I still need a few cards here and there. You know, it's a waiting game. So uh, here's here's the interesting thing, though, is that people have a different feeling about tops when it comes to hockey than they do, uh, say, versus Panini when it comes to hockey. So let me ask you this, just hypothetically speaking, and I know there's a lot of intangibles and I know you bought a lot of Panini product from 2010 to 2014. If that was Tops, who got the the co-exclusive license from 2010 to 2014 instead of Panini, do you think that would have played out differently? Do you think that the collectors would have been more drawn to it? I will answer after one caveat. If, and if, this is only if, the design department for tops would have made physical product just like they have for the last couple years on the skate app on the digital skate app mm-hmm. with the designs of those cards and the inserts and such mm-hmm. yes i guarantee everybody would have latched on to tops hockey Way more so than Panini. Now, you know, like you said, some people are Panini people, some people are Tops people, some people are Upper Deck people. You have your preferences, I get it. But with, I think a lot of what went down with Panini and their hockey releases Mm -hmm. may not have actually happened with Tops because I think they would have sold 
a lot more. Yeah. I think a they would have sold more. better. So I know, again, stickers are not the same thing, but there are people who like tops and tops hockey. And I'm thinking that this tops now set is going to be successful for a couple of reasons, uh, because you just buy it, you buy it every week. You get the ones you want. If you like tops and you like tops hockey, you're probably going to give this a chance. And then the other thing is that um, maybe this is me being hypothetical now, but what would be really cool. It looks like they're going to do nine stickers per page. It looks like they're making them trading card proportioned, like two and a half by three and a half. So I'm thinking these are going to, you know, they're going to sell you nine at a time. I think nine's going to fill up a page. I wonder if they would like, why not do nine that look like, say, the 8788 design and then do another nine that look like the 5455 design and then do another nine that look like the 7172 design and then do another nine that look like the 8485 design. You see what I mean? Like, because they can't really, the, I'm assuming the book is going to be blank because this is kind of like, this is kind of like their version of biography of a season or game dated moments where well, they're making... you don't know what it's going to be in there. You don't know what the checklist is going to be. You don't right. know what they're going to decide to make. So it's just going to be blank spaces, maybe squares, maybe they're numbered, whatever, one, two, three, right. four, but there's no rhyme or reason to it, but they could just say, all right, cool. Let's make these look like 86, 87 tops, you know, the next nine. And would people want to buy those? I think they would because everybody's up for a little nostalgia. And I think um, heritage type sets, historical type sets and throwback sets, I think they do pretty well. Yeah, there's going to be a big market that's going to, you know, jump on the, the Twitter verse and complain that it's overplayed and, and outdone and it's overdone and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's there's a market for that. People like that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know that this would be the entry to to them doing something like that mm -hmm. because tops now generally follows the same format. And I think if you follow tops now at all in any of the sports or any of the releases that they do, they generally look exactly the same throughout that whole entire mm -hmm. um, cycle of printing them. So gotcha. I imagine the design of these as they stand now is probably going to stick throughout the release. Um, but you never know. Like I said, it's, it's tops now, so each week it's going to be something different. So, well, I guess yeah. Well, I'll find out when uh, when I get that first batch of stickers, and then yeah. we'll see what they uh, what they put up next uh, or this upcoming Thursday, you know, for the next set. But yeah, I'm I'm all in on this, so I'm gonna um, you know I ordered my first nine stickers in the album, and I'm just gonna see see where it goes, you know. Uh, so I wonder yeah. if they're gonna treat this like they do with the tops living set where they, you know, when they put up the new Tops Living cards, they're out for a while. And once they pull them, then they release what the actual print runs are. And they t they'll tell you, okay, we made this many of this card, this many of this card, this many of this card. So you can basically see who sold better than others. And it kind of dictates what happens on the secondary market. Yeah, they said they were going to release the print runs once, once they're done selling them, you know. Okay. They you know, once they actually, you know, they close sales for them, they print them up and then, uh, yeah, then they, they said they are gonna, they're going to release that. So yeah, should be interesting if, uh, if there's going to be as uh, futile as I know a couple of years ago, they, uh, did a tops now card about the Chicago fire soccer team breaking. It's like losing streak 
and like it sold something at this small like 70 or 80 copies i mean it was wow. ridiculous yeah because like nobody cared it was and it was about the chicago fire soccer team breaking its losing streak and that was a tops now card and obviously 80 people cared so it, so th- so what do they do in that case i mean that whole process is you print you print so many they sell until they're done being sold and then what they break the printing plates they smash them oh and what what happened i don't know they just don't make them again i mean they oh, you know oh. everything's digital now i mean you don't really need the whole printing plate thing is kind of uh I don't even think that that's really necessary anymore. But how are they going to get their one of ones if they I, don't have printing plates? Well, then they make printing plates <laughs> just for that reason, you know, just so that they can put a sticker on it and say one of one printing plate. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm maybe a little more excited about the actual sticker set that's coming out uh, in November, but I'm kind of glad to see tops back in the game um, of making hockey cards uh, or well, hockey stickers. Sorry, um, and uh, I mean, you know me. I mean, I like upper decks cards, but I want competition. I know that's probably a conversation for another day. Um, are you are you going to collect the tops uh, hockey stickers, either the tops now or the uh, sticker album uh, that's coming out in November? I don't know if I'm all in on the now ones, but probably the uh, probably the that main release that comes out in november yeah well there's gonna be you're gonna need to buy like three boxes of them to get enough stickers or maybe i won't be there (laughs) yeah i know right but i mean yeah it's it's funny because like last year i spent like actually um panini was really starting to get their their act together with the stickers because we all know how terrible the collation is on panini hockey stickers oh yeah last the last two years I bought sticker boxes, the collation was sublime. Like, I bought one box, and I think it didn't have any doubles. That's impossible. And, no, or it had, like, something really small, like five doubles. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I mean, the box, breaks, the box breaks are posted to Puck Junk, so you could see them. And then, like, even, like, buying two boxes, like, they were very there were very few doubles between the two boxes. It was really nice. I was just That's like, surprising. wow. Yeah, That's very is. surprising. Cause those aren't, those aren't designed to be sold that way. I mean, those are designed to be busted open in a retail environment and thrown on a shelf and just sold by the pack. So I don't no. think collation is ever really something that they care about because, you know, somebody buys two packs and the next person buys a pack and the next person and so on and so forth. It's not well, real but- designed for one collector to be buying, you know, an entire box. But back in like the mid nineties, I'd like, cause they'd sell them at my supermarket and I would like go and I'd buy like 50 packs at a time. I would just walk into this aisle and there'd be like a bunch of packs and I would just scoop them all up. And, uh, you know, it was funny cause my, a friend of mine, he was with me and he just looked at me and he said, wow, you don't mess around. And I looked at him and I said, well, why would I buy one or two packs if I know I'm going to need at least 50 to build a set? And he's like, yeah, good point. Might as well just get it over with now, right? But even then, I mean, the collation in, you know, 93, 94 was rotten. So, you know, it's not going to be, I mean, but but yeah, they really turned it around these past two years. So um, that's too bad because I was actually really appreciating that aspect about Panini Hockey, but uh, eh, whatever. We'll, we'll see how Tops does. So um, you want to talk about some eBay auctions, uh 
Uh, are these like the most expensive things that you found on eBay or just the most noteworthy as far as hockey goes? Yeah. So I've been kind of paying attention each week um, on a, like a weekly basis to kind of see from a hockey standpoint, what's selling for the highest and really what, you know, what the super mojo sales are for um, hockey cards and the like. Sick um, patch, bro. Sick patch. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, because you know how everybody's crazy, you know, in the market now about, um, you know, for baseball, it's those baseball rookies like the Vlad Jr. and mm-hmm. Acuna and all of that. And, you know, those are selling for way above their above their pay grade, I think, right now. And mm-hmm. you've got you have got the football quarterbacks, you know, the uh, the guy from the Jaguars, uh, Minshew with the mustache and stuff. And I mean, these, these guys are selling for way above where they probably should be, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's all that, um, you know, it's all that, that, uh, promotion behind them and and all of that buzz that they've created. And don't even get me started on the whole Zion Williams and stuff. It's, that's that's a whole nother conversation for basketball, but it's a whole different so, podcast. But yeah, oh yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> so I look at I try to look at um, hockey sales at least with closed auctions and eBay. And this past week, it's there've been some doozies. Um, on uh, earlier this week, um, an uncut sheet of seventy nine eighty Opeachy mm-hmm. uh, was sold, um, and this particular sheet. Featured Wayne Gretzky, the Wayne Gretzky rookie card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it had the Gordie Howe. It had the Bobby Hall, all mm-hmm. showing on the interior portion of the sheet. Mm-hmm. So they weren't near an edge. They weren't near a border, mm-hmm. which meant chances of them being in better condition was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, final value. Oh, let me guess. Uh, can I guess? You can guess. Sure. Okay. I'm going to be off on this guess, but I'm going to say, uh, all right, I'll do something high. I'll say $2,300. Did you say $100? $2,300. You would be slightly undervaluing this particular item as the final um, best offer that was accepted was eighteen thousand dollars. Eighteen thousand dollars. Yes, eighteen thousand, not hundred. That's a one and an eight followed by three zeros. Okay, uh, so what the per- the buyer is obviously going to do is have them professionally cut apart, have Degretsky graded, and then try to sell it for like ninety thousand dollars at auction, like a couple guaranteed. Of years ago. Yeah, guaranteed. And- so uh, this was actually listed for sale for quite a bit more. Um, BMW sports cards is, is who sold this. Um, and you know, using various methods, you can find out how the uh, best offers turn out. Um, generally they don't show on eBay. You got to go through some other channels to find them, but yeah, that was the final, that was the final value, 18,000. So that was probably the biggest one. That was the biggest one for the, uh, for the last past week. Um, some other some other notable ones. Um, there was another one that sold. There was a sixteen seventeen uh, upper deck the cup uh, Austin Matthews RPA numbered out of ninety nine, uh, which sold by Correct Connection Collections for sixty six hundred. Sixty six hundred um, for a rookie patch auto of Austin, Austin Matthews. Matthews from the cup, not graded. 
Keep that in mind. That was not a graded card. Do um, they need to be graded if they're numbered, though? Like, if if it's, I mean, I I, I wonder if they, that actually should has. Should they or will they? Those are three separate questions because you have, first of all, you have to be of the mindset that a graded card is going to bring you 10 times the value of what it would otherwise, because that's the standard rule. If you get a card graded a nine or a 10, it's going to bring you 10 times what it would without getting that grade. So in essence, Mm -hmm. a $6,600 card graded at a nine or a 10 is going to get you about $60,000. $60,000. If you actually do the math correctly. Well, is that is that really going to happen? No. Probably not. But the idea is there and there is precedent that has been set for graded versus ungraded sales to where they've come up with that kind of general rule. So when you see something like that happen, it kind of blows your mind, especially considering that this was actually listed for more and they took the best offer. So I, I think that like, if it's a vintage card and you say, I want to have a, the most pristine version of a Gila Fleur rookie card ever, right? Then you look for that, like PSA nine or PSA 10 or whatever. Sure. That's fair. And, but I think if you're like saying, I want a rookie patch auto of Austin Matthews from the cup. You're going to buy it whether it's graded or ungraded. I mean, as long as the ungraded one doesn't have any like flaws that you can notice. Sure. Uh, because I, I think you're just you're just going to buy it regardless. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like you, you want the card, you're going to buy it. And, you know, kind of like at that point, I think like it being graded is like a perk. But it's not like a necessity. Whereas with like an old card, you're like, no, I want this card to be in the best possible shape because... There are many of them out there, but I want to have one that's absolutely best. Something that's numbered to 99. There's only, you know, 99 of them. And you're just going to try to buy the one, you know, when you can find it, you're going to buy it. Remember your market, though. The normal collector, even the the Austin Matthews super collector, is not the guy or collector, guy, girl, whoever. I don't want to be sexist or genderist or whatever the word is. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not the $6,600 buyer. The $6,600 buyer is the guy that's going to do exactly what you're saying. They're going to buy this card. They're going to get it graded and they're going to try to flip it for at least double their money. Right. So that's where these years. Sure. And that's where these things pop up. Cause you remember this is a mouse to Matthews. This is a three-year-old card. Technically it's only a two-year-old card since it's the cup and it comes out the following year. Right. So, um, so anyway, um, moving on, I don't mm-hmm. want this to take forever, but um, so a lot of, not a lot like a bunch of, but a lot as in four, uh, Opeachy Wayne Gretzky graded cards sold. This would Rookies. be the 1981, oh, the 83, the 84, and the 85. Mm-hmm. So these are all Opeachy, 81, 83, 84, 85, all of them graded PSA 10. Mm-hmm. Sold in a buy it now scenario for a little over $6,300. Wow. By Martin Sports Cards. And that was earlier this week. So um, you're talking four cards, four Wayne Gretzky cards, all graded PSA 10s. Um, you know, the best grade that you can get from PSA. Mm-hmm. And 
6300 bucks. So that's a uh, pretty penny. That made me want to go back and go through my 81, 83, 84, and 85s and see if there was anything that didn't have a dinged corner. Mm-hmm. But, but I didn't. Um, so a Upper Deck Ultimate Gold Connor McDavid RPA, uh, 1516. So these were numbered out of 15. Uh, a BGS 9.5 um, closed in an actual real live auction that had 31 bids. Mm-hmm. And it sold for $6,100. Now, take that for with a grain of salt because that was sold by Probstein. But it was also $15 <laughs> shipping too, which I found interesting. That so Why? They would charge $15 shipping for a card that netted them six thousand one hundred dollars yeah you think at that point so, they would throw in they would throw in the shipping yeah so it'd be like you know what free shipping because you sure. spent six grand on on a card right right so um a couple of other ones of note uh an opeachy gretzky rookie graded psa8 um best offer went for 4500 wow um a Gordie Howe rookie card, uh, one of the 5152 Parkhursts. Mm-hmm. This was graded a PSA 4, um, sold best offer for 4250. Mm-hmm. That's 4250. Mm-hmm. Um, that one actually they charged $30 shipping for that because it was all fancy shipping. Um, another uh, Gretzky rookie, a PSA 7, sold for about 1900. Um, this one I found interesting. A PSA 10, um, 0506 SPA Future Watch Ovechkin. So the Ovechkin rookie with the auto, they were numbered out of 999. PSA 10 sold for two grand. Wow. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, a uh, Connor McDavid Young Gun. This was SGC 100 was SGC. the grade on this. So oh, SGC card guarantee. Um, yeah. So not PSA, not BGS, but the next one, uh, SGC 100, 100 grades get gold label, kind of like the uh, pristine tens and BGS get mm-hmm. the black label. These get gold labels. One sold for 1955 was the, the final $1,955. But here's my favorite one. My favorite okay. of all of them. My absolute favorite. Because um, since we're doing top 10, this would be my my 10th favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 7980 Tops Wax Box. Okay? So we all know what wax boxes are. The box that contains all of the packs. Um, this was a... So Gretzky's rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the Tops. So not the OPG, but the Tops. Wax Box. With only 29 packs. Oh. So... It's opened. Uh, there were pictures of the box. The box was fairly beat up. Um, and clearly there's packs missing. Um, so 29 packs in the box. The owner claimed to have bought this back in the 90s. And apparently it was given to BBCE, Baseball Card Exchange, who does a lot of inspection mm-hmm. and authentication for uh, sealed product. Um, they took a look at it and failed the inspection on it. Um, it failed so, their inspection. Yes, it failed their inspection. They would not certify it. Therefore, they would not shrink wrap it in their nifty little shrink wrap that they do. Yes, shrink wrap uh, it and mark it up 400%. Uh, you know, 
some things are only 300 percent but um so it failed bbc inspection guy bought it in the 90s only 29 packs there were 53 bids in this auction and it eventually sold for let's see can you guess this one Man, I am so off base. I I, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, you've been good so I'm far. Thinking, this. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, because I'm thinking a hundred bucks a pack times so that'd be you know ten times packs. 29. So ten packs would be a thousand. Yeah, so twenty nine packs times a hundred. So three thousand, say three thousand dollars. But no, nah, it's not going. It's probably going to be like six six grand. Incorrect. This sold for $2,550. Oh, so my 100 bucks a pack wasn't yes, far off. you weren't that far off with 100 bucks a pack on this. Now, again, this I, I find this one extremely interesting because 2500 bucks for a wax box that could net you a Gretzky rookie that can sell, as we've just seen. I mean, a, a graded 7. Went for nineteen hundred dollars. But that was an OPG, so, wasn't it? Uh, that's true. That was an OPG. Yeah, the have, tops. Was there I, a tops one this week? Most of the tops ones sell sell for less. Um, well, but, I mean, the high graded tops would sell for a lot, but there, there's more graded tops, uh, Gretzky rookies. So what I what I've heard is that actually tops had a higher production because just the population is bigger. Even though the U.S is less into hockey there's even though the u.s is less into hockey there's such a bigger population that even making uh hockey cards uh say like 79 i think that maybe uh i could be wrong about this but what i've heard is that there was more tops and opichi product at least in those it makes sense it makes total sense i mean you see that across the board in most cases and just look at generally what the prices go for opichi mm-hmm. goes for more than tops well and then 99 percent of, of the cases well then on top of that like a gretzky rookie opichi was one in every 396 cards and tops is one in 264 cards so it's sure. easier to buy and then also on top of that you got more cards per pack from a tops pack so i mean you buy a, you know, you buy 10 packs of Topps hockey cards, there's a good chance. I mean, if they're not tampered with, there's a great chance that you're going to get a Gretzky rookie. I mean, in fact, if you bought a sealed box, you would get a Gretzky rookie. I mean, when and I would exactly buy... that's exactly the key here, is yeah. if they're not tampered with. And the fact that this had 29 packs in it, you already know there's something missing. Yeah. What's missing, that makes you don't me really suspicious. know. Yeah. And the fact that the largest reseller of of wax products and sealed products in the entire country looked at this and said nah yeah (laughs) i I should tell you something the wife folds in and pass their inspection yeah exactly so so yeah so that was that 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 was the fun top 10 of uh completed auctions for for hockey this week that i found pretty interesting I gotta find a I gotta find a different line of work because I can't afford any of this stuff. Um, you need to go get yourself a uh, a seventy nine eighty Opeachy uncut sheet. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe if uh, maybe if I sell a lot of puck junk t shirts now available at the puck junk shop shop then maybe I'll be able to afford that uncut Opeachy sheet or 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 at least a, a, a an Opeachy. Gretzky rookie ungraded. I'd I'd be good with that too. Um, 
But shall we shall we move on to our big topic for the day? So you suggested this and I liked this idea. And it was uh, if you could pick one set to come back, what set would it be? And, you know, I right away, I I had no problems thinking of sets that I want to see come back. Like I narrowed it down to three and then from three, I narrowed it down to one. Um, And what was kind of funny about that is that they were all from the 90s. Now, either I'm showing my age here because it's easy to like stuff from your childhood or your childhood slash teen years slash young adulthood, you know, the 90s. That's what that was for me. But the thing about the 90s is that there was innovation and the companies were taking chances and there was competition. So they were trying to outdo each other. You had competition, which led to innovation, and you let it led to risk-taking. So the ones that I liked, which I'm not that's is not my final pick, but the, the other ones that I had in mind, I really liked the 93-94 Fleer power play because I liked the fact that those were tall boys sized, and I'd like to see big cards like that make a comeback. But you know what? there's obviously a lot of problems with storage and pages and stuff like that. So I, I could see why, um, and you know what, maybe that wasn't even like the greatest set. Maybe that's just like nostalgia clouding things for me. I really liked the, um, I think it was 96, 97, uh, Fleer metal universe. Uh, the one that had all the crazy designs with, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, the, the freaking uh, giant plants and the cybernetic attachments and the explosion backgrounds and Dave Manson in the center of a nucleus and, or an <clears throat> atom or, you know, or like the one goalie with the float. I think it was Curtis Joseph with like the flying eyeballs surrounding him. I mean, just crazy stuff. And I think I liked that set because it was just so crazy and I liked comic books. And so that was kind of like, the merging of these two things for me. And we did talk about this in a podcast many years ago. We did talk about that set. We dedicated a whole episode to that set. Um, but the set that I decided to talk about for what I'd like to see come back was the 1999-2000 Power Deck Hockey by Upper Deck. So for those of you who don't know, Power Deck was a set that came out in 1999-2000. They were $4 a pack. You would get a mini CD-ROM that was business card sized. It's like a business card with rounded edges. And then you would get two just regular standard trading cards. And the idea was with Power Deck was you would take the CD-ROM, you would pop it in your uh, computer a CD tray, and it would have this interactive feature about the player that had like a profile, you clicked on profile. It's like almost like a little mini web page, you know, it had like an interface and it had like profile, highlight reel, stat zone, power deck gallery, which was like a bunch of pictures. You know, you'd cycle through like the picture gallery, one of 10, two through 10, two of 10, three of 10, etc. The highlight reel would play uh, like a two minute video with some like kind of quasi rock or sometimes quasi like the one that I hear over and over on a lot of them it almost sounds like U2's Where the Streets Have No Name. You know, the intro to that song, like that, that I'm not a musician, so I can't describe things musically. But I, I hear that and I just think, ah, oh, this is Where the Streets Have No Name, right? Like the beginning <laughs> of that song. Um, yeah. And so, okay, I did not collect this set when it came out. I got to tell you a little bit about myself in 99, right around there. 
I was going to art school. I was at the height or near the peak of my action figure collecting days. I was collecting Star Wars. For me in 1999, it was about what new Star Wars figures were coming out. Uh, I was not into hockey cards at that point. I'd buy a pack every now and then as a curiosity. Like, oh, hockey cards. Hey, I used to buy those. And I remember buying a pack of like, it was like two packs of Upper Deck Vintage for like $4. They were like blister carded, like two packs for $4 on a blister card. But right. it's just like, oh, that's kind of neat. But like, so then I was not paying attention to hockey cards. I missed, it's like I, I slept through the whole Pacific thing. Like that whole span of years where Pacific made cards, I just totally missed out on that. And in Upper Deck in the late 90s, I missed a lot of the stuff that they made, like the holographics and like... um was a 3d set or or something it was like the the set that had like the different designs i can't can't recall what it's called because i don't have it power deck was another one where so you'd get these cd roms and you'd pop them in and they'd you know play a little intro music and then they'd play like a two minute clip video and then you could click around and look you know learn about the player at that time i was actually a multimedia student at college. I started as a film student and then I segued over into multimedia. So I was actually doing stuff like this, learning how to do stuff like this. And I regret missing out on this because this would have just been my crack back then. Because, I mean, I was taking four or five computer classes on how to, you know, digital design and make multimedia projects and how to digital video edit. And then I was working in the computer lab. So, I mean, this just would have been for me. But I missed out on it. I bought the set many years later. I'll get into the specifics about that. But I want to ask you, do you remember that set back in the day? I do. I have quite a few of those. Did you buy it? So you bought it back then? Um, No, I did not. (laughs) I've picked up singles like over the years after the fact. Um, In fact, um, Power Deck wasn't just in hockey. They had Power Deck in uh, baseball as well. And I remember getting a Ken Griffey Jr. Um, power deck, mm-hmm. and I couldn't load it into my CD-ROM drive in the computer we had because our CD-ROM drawer that slid out mm-hmm. didn't didn't have a center ring in it mm-hmm. to hold the tiny CD, so it wouldn't fit in there. And it wasn't until years and years later that we had one that actually had. I mean, they were. It, it had a it had a recessed tray that would hold a regular size CD, right? But the little tiny one, it, it would just drop right through. Uh, so years later, we ended up with one that had a recessed one, and I, I remember thinking, just one day out of the blue, sitting there at the computer, and I went to put a CD in the ROM CD ROM drive, and I went, "Oh my God, my power, my Griffey power deck will fit in here." Uh-huh. I, went, I went and dug it out, and popped it in there to see what it would do, and. I remember it wouldn't load. So that was uh, that was my only experience with trying to load one of those up. But again, that was years after the fact. So, Well, what was funny was that, like, I needed... I popped one in before we talked. I, I watched a few of them just to, to become reacquainted with it. And it said, you must install QuickTime. Do you want to install QuickTime from the CD-ROM? And I'm thinking... No, I think the QuickTime that I download and install now will be like, I don't know, better than the one from 20 years ago. <laughs> so I, I had to I had to actually download and install QuickTime because it used QuickTime Player. Um, 
actually what was fun for for those of you who are really into computer stuff these are actually authored with uh macromedia director if you remember that program macromedia director was like this state-of-the-art software that was specifically for making CD-ROMs. I mean, that's what you would use to make a CD-ROM. It had its own programming language to, like, um, make things happen, and you could load video. The idea was you could load pictures, music, video, and text into this one program, and it could handle all of it, which is funny because that's kind of like what a web page does now. That's kind of like what a cell phone does now, which is how I would like to see this set come back. Uh, and maybe not by Upper Deck either. Maybe this is something Tops needs to do. In fact, a couple of years ago, I was write I was going to write an article. How could Tops improve its Skate app? And about a third of the way into brainstorming this this idea, I was like, you know what? This really just needs to be Power Deck, but on a phone. Because what did Power Deck have? It had static images. It had statistics. It had sound. It had video. My phone can do all of that stuff. So what I would like to see is I'd like to see a pack of, we'll still call it Power Deck, but whatever you want to call it, you buy a pack of Power Deck. Now it's not going to be two paper or cardboard cards and one CD-ROM because I don't know if a lot of people can't even play CD-ROMs. I burned a CD-ROM for somebody with data on it, and it took the guy a week to find <laughs> to find a computer that could play it because everything he used was either from the cloud or from a USB thumb drive. Um, That's true. Yeah. And so what I'd like to see is you buy a pack, a digital pack, and it has maybe five random players, you know, like a pack. And like, think of it as like a card. And you know how like on top skate, you flip the card and it flips over, you know, and you actually see it flip right? You know what I'm talking about? Right. So what if instead of it being a card, it was a cube, a cube has six sides, right? So it's still, you still see one face of the cube, but when you click, you can, it'll rotate and you click one side and it's like the, the, the hero shot of the player. And then you maybe click a corner and it rotates and then it's all the statistics and they would update in real time for that season. And then you click and it rotates again, and then it would have, like, a highlight reel. And then you click, and it rotates again, and maybe it'll have, um, like, the player's biography. So you could do, like, one, you know, one side would be a hero shot, one side would be a biography, one side would be statistics, one side would be a video, one side would be um, maybe, like, a photo gallery that you could just kind of flip through. And then uh, even like if the player has been on different teams, just like past photos of, of other teams he's been on. And then the last side of it could be like your upper deck or tops logo, your NHL logo, your NHLPA logo, your copyright information. I think that would be awesome. That's how I would reimagine Power Deck for today. It would just totally be on a phone, but it would bring in all these things that the CD-ROM did into a mobile app that would actually be very interactive, not just like, huh, there's a picture of the player. Huh, there's the stats for the player. Okay, and if you're not playing with it in a game, you know, if they're playable cards like with uh, Top Skate, that's just a bonus in my mind. I would like to see all this other stuff fuse together into like a digital trading card. So not to... I don't, I don't, don't burst my bubble. Be. I'm not going to burst your so bubble. You're going to burst anything. my bubble. No, I'm not. I'm not. All right. I would say they've come. Cl- 
Tops did come close to that with their focus. Oh, they're 15 so you, seconds of video, and yeah, yeah one in every 100 packs. And yeah. yeah, so if you remember the Top Skate app in 1617, mm-hmm. they did Top's Focus. Yes, and I like those. Those, were, those actually, were the motion cards. They brought those back. Well, they brought them back. Mm-hmm. They brought them back for this year. They're not called Focus, but they are just motion cards. Okay. Now, here's the problem. And this is another getting off topic thing, but. They brought them back this year. Uh, they're in. They started them off in the Galaxy inserts in for on the skate app. Mm-hmm. Galaxy inserts dropped this morning. Uh, they dropped this morning without announcing them until later. Uh, so essentially, they dropped a couple hours before the actual announcement happened, and all of the packs were gone. So anybody that wanted them, unless you got up super early in the morning on a Sunday, you were pretty much out of luck because they're not there. Um, at least that's that's the take that I've gotten from looking at all of the various chat rooms and on Twitter and everything else. Because I didn't see them, but they're still advertising them. But they're Topps Motion cards. I haven't been able to view one yet because unless you have it in your own inventory, you can't play them. Right. I was told that if you find somebody that has one and you look at their setup, like to do a trade, you can play their version of the card. Make sure it's not defective. But I still haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Yeah, so. But I loved the Topps Focus thing from a few years ago, and I really wondered why they stopped doing that, other than maybe it took up too much, I don't know, too much memory, too much system resources. I don't don't know what it could have been. Slowed the game down, maybe. Um, Because I will tell you, again, this is off topic, but my wife and I play the um, the nightly games and shifting players in and out. Oh my god! Last night we both got so frustrated we slammed our phones down. We were like, "We're done. Whatever happens, happens." Was uh, <laughs> you, you would act, but do you play those cards with the with the video because they only they're only like a times one multiplier, right? Uh, well, I mean, this year's this year's setup is. Uh, you know, top skate 20 has only been out for a little while now. So my inventory of playable cards is not as robust as it has been in previous years. So I imagine if I had that one and it was somebody worthwhile, I would probably play them, jump on it and play it. I will tell you that right now, um, it's going to be a chase set and I don't know if they're doing it weekly or biweekly or what, but they're going to drop the cards, um, and it's, uh, I want to say Shea Weber is mm-hmm. the one that's out this time. So mm-hmm. for what it's worth, uh, Shea Weber scoring at a defenseman rate, it's probably a little better than a regular card, but, uh, I don't know specifically if those are going to have scoring, uh, capabilities or not, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's a motion card. I don't know. I don't know how it stands up to the top's focus from a few years ago Mm -hmm. um, because I haven't seen it work yet, but they have had something like that. And that would have been top's focus from quite a few years ago. So, right. I I do remember those. And that, that made me want like more Whereas, like, I like this video. They should all have video. They should all have stats. They should all have all these other things. So then, yeah. And then that, and then when you brought up this topic of like, what would you like to see come back? I'm like, power deck but in a yeah. purely purely uh digital form so 
Why don't you talk about the set that you like to see come back? I believe it's also from the nineties. Uh, it's from the late nineties. Um, I was, and we were on the subject. If, if you were listening earlier in the podcast, talking about tops and, uh, if tops would ever come back into the hockey market and, you know, that impact and the fact that they're doing stickers now, but you know, back in the was a player in the game and they had a license and they made hockey cards and in 98-99 they debuted a set in hockey called Topps Gold Label and for some reason this set has always stuck with me as just being one of my all-time favorite sets Um, this was billed as like a super premium hockey card set Mm -hmm. which uh at the time in 98 99 i don't super premium was not words that you heard that often when it came to um card products card releases um there wasn't you know upper deck didn't have the cup you know you didn't have you know these hockey releases every year that that were very rare and cost $500 a box and that kind of thing. But instead you had tops gold label. So, um, this was a higher end product. It was harder to find. Did you uh, buy it back then? I did. When what I found did it, it cost I cost about, when I found it, I bought it. Um, Oh boy. Um, I know they were more than a buck a pack, which probably like for, five or $6 a pack. Maybe. Um, I don't know if they were that high, but I, I want to say they were at least, three a pack 299 mm-hmm. maybe more um you could find these retail mm-hmm. uh, but they were also sold uh by the box um in hobby shops mm-hmm. uh, but the key here was the gold label cards and, and if you're not familiar with the gold label cards um essentially what you're looking at is a a fairly thick card um it's not the thin 20 point cardstock that you normally see uh this was more of uh like a 35 point mm-hmm. high gloss uh thicker card mm-hmm. uh, it's glossy on the back and on the front it had sort of a prismy finish to it almost like uh almost almost like a hologram with but without the hologram because mm-hmm. i think upper deck copyrighted the hologram it had there. like a sheen to um, it it did it did have it did have a sheen to it um this was an interesting set there are only a hundred cards so if you have a hundred cards in a set it shouldn't be that difficult to collect the set or put it together and come up with you know a full set based off of a hundred card checklist Mm -hmm. however uh, back at the time when you would bust open packs you found that not only were there a hundred base cards, but there were also parallels of the base cards. Okay. And the parallels were tiered. So this was my first experience with a set that had multiple tiers. Um, so what gold label did is, all of the main cards in the base set, one through a hundred were mm-hmm. called class one and the class one cards were stamped on the back as class one. Each of those hundred also had a class two 
mm-hmm. version, as well as a class three version. Mm-hmm. Amongst those were also a black parallel version and a red parallel version. And my first exposure to what was a one of one. Um, so this was kind of, to me as a collector, this was sort of revolutionary because I hadn't come across anything that I collected myself, mm-hmm. not that they didn't already exist because I'm sure they did. But for me, this was my first experience with something that was not only tiered, but had multiple colored parallels and had one of ones available in the set. Um, so the other cool thing about this was the cards one through a hundred. Normally when you see base and parallel and all of that, you have the same photo that you use and it's just, they right. change border color or they change something on it. Each class had a different photo. on wow. the card. So when you looked at the main cards, you'll have a picture of the player. You'll have a picture of a player in the background doing something, mm-hmm. uh, shooting the puck, skating away, checking somebody in the boards, whatever. And then you had another shot of the player superimposed on top of it in more of a flat base print. Yeah. Rather than the holographic. Yeah. Looks kind of weird, honestly, a little bit like. Well, the superimposed miniature version of the player stayed the same in each class. The background photo is what changed. Ah. And that's what I always thought was cool is that depending on whether you had class one, class two, or class three, you could tell by either looking at the front photo and realizing it was different or flipping it over to the back and reading that it was class one, class two, or class three. Mm-hmm. Um, the colored parallels, because it's Tops Gold Label, the labels in the corner and the names were printed in a gold foil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the black parallels were in black foil and the red were in red foil Ah. also the reds were serial numbered um so you had the serial number stamped on the cards and i never actually did pull a one-of-one ever but i assume that the one-of-ones were stamped on the back as well um but uh this was i've always loved this set um you know i tried to build it way back in the day uh never accomplished that i've forgot about it for quite a few years and then picked it back up later on. Now, subsequently they did come out with a gold label set the following year tops did Mm -hmm. as well as the year after. So there were three years of gold label, but as we all know, uh, tops and all the other companies disappeared and upper deck took over the production of, uh, licensed hockey card products from kind of that point forward, um, in, in 2000 and, um, 2004, and uh, 0506 0506 is, yeah, I yeah. guess since 04 was the lockout year um but you know if first of all we'd have to get tops back in the in the in the market um and then we could go from there as far as reintroducing the set they do they did bring it back in uh baseball so with their baseball license gold label does exist currently in baseball but uh you know there, so, there isn't so, anything like it or how would you make this okay so how would you you don't have to update it for for today but what would you i mean so what i guess i'm trying to understand because i'm looking at some of the the images of the cards i have the set but i'm just looking at some of the rare ones online you like the design 
you like the fact that the parallels had different background photos. What would you do with it today? Like, how would you make it today? Would you still do all of that? Would you do all of that and more? Would you still, I mean, would you make them even more different? I mean, because the thing is, is like, you've shown me like parallels and I'd be like, oh, that's a parallel and be like, yeah, you could tell because the background photo is different. And it's like, well, I don't even know what the background photo looks like on the standard card of this player. You know what I mean? So like, to me, it's almost like those class two and class three, they didn't jump out at me like this is a parallel that you should buy. You know what I mean? Many issues are released nowadays where the parallels are almost impossible to tell. Um, perfect example. Um, you have, okay, a few years ago, Opeechi did the playoff beard. Oh, yeah. That was... How did you know what they were? There was no identifying thing on the card that said this was a playoff beard, other than the fact that the guy in the picture had a beard. Right. And which, most of yeah. the cards, especially ones with photos taken towards the second half of the season, guys have beards because right. they grow them out. And by right. the time you get to April, most guys have them. Right. Um, so it was hard to say, okay, this is a playoff beard parallel. This is not. Right. Um, you see that in a lot of products across the board where unless they've physically changed something on the card to tell you one way or another, then you have no idea with the gold label on the front. The photos are different. So I can understand, okay, how do I know this is a one, two or a three based on the photo when I don't even know what the one is. Mm -hmm. Well, every single one of them on the back of the card identifies that it's a one or two or three. So there's no, there's no question as to, Oh, I don't know if this is a one or this is two. All you have to do, Flip the card over and right above the logo of the team oh, yeah. on class the left hand side, it. yeah. it'll say class one, class two, or class three. The back photos are the same on all of the series, yep. but it's just that that background front photo that's that's different. They're full bleed pictures. So this is edge to edge. Um, granted, the background photo is is kind of touched up a little bit, and a lot of them are, you know, depending on which which photo it is, it could be anything from just the player doing something or, for instance, on, you know, the Class 3 Chris Pronger card, which I just have in my hand here. You know, it's Chris Pronger, you know, hugging and high-fiving all the rest of his teammates Mm -hmm. with, like, Marty Reasoner and Pavel Dimitra and somebody else I can't see in the background. But, you know, so it's a, a completely different shot um, from what the regular card is Mm -hmm. but if there's any question you just flip it over and look on the back and you can say oh this is what it is the only thing i might change on these honestly i i think the front design of the 98 99 set is outstanding i think it's Mm -hmm. great i love it you know edge to edge no border the shiny Mm -hmm. you gotta love the shiny um you know some foil print you know you got all of that going on the backs are a little generic um no more generic than many of the backs of a lot of the cards these days. Right. Uh, you know, for instance, we looked at MVP last week. Um, you know, MVP has a little logo of the team, the player name, the vitals, you know, a few years of stats, and then a giant logo of, you know, what brand it is, being mm-hmm. that it's MVP. Um, the backs of these had a player photo, um, which was different. It was a third photo. 
mm-hmm. uh, different from the two on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same kind of things with the vitals and stuff. But this did the one thing that I hate on most cards, but for some reason it works for these, and that's a career total mm-hmm. rather, rather than individual years. So if I was to do anything different on it, I might throw um, line item statistics on there year mm-hmm. by year. Uh, obviously, the print would have to be smaller on there. Um, but other than that, I think this is. I mean, in the last in the last twenty years, this is one of my favorite sets that have that have come out. I'm not going to say it's perfect, but I don't know that I would change much. No, I mean we like what we like, and yeah. you know, and you gave some really compelling reasons to like that. And yeah, it's it's a nice looking set, but then it has the different tiers, so. If you want to keep collecting it, you can. And and there's actually, I do like the fact that there are some differences in the photos. And, you know, it's funny you, you brought up that, uh, I mean, now we take, we, we, I don't say we take, maybe we took it for granted back then, the photo on the back being different than the photo on the front. And now it's like a lot of times it's the same picture, the front and back photos the same, whereas 20 years ago, 25 years ago, if they used the same photo, we would be like, oh, they must not have been able to find a second photo of that player. You know what I mean? It was like, maybe it was a guy who was traded or a rookie or something. I'm thinking of like pro set cards where like a lot of times they'd recycle the photo from the front onto the back. Whereas um, a lot of the other companies that use two different photos and now it's pretty much the same photo on the front as on the back but maybe just cropped differently or maybe it has the background and not the background or maybe it's in color and maybe it's in black and white or maybe it's cut out or not cut out uh yeah so that that's a good point um that little you know that little fact that the there's a photo on the back that's different and and that's something we don't you know (laughs) the good old days right yeah and because i'm not involved with that whole thing i don't know but i can only speculate that I don't know, maybe for every photo you put on the card, it's more money, like yes. it costs more. Instead yes. of like being instead of being a tenth of a cent to produce one, maybe it's now two tenths of a of a of a cent or something. I will tell you this back in the uh, here's a fun little factoid I that I know. Um and I'm gonna get these numbers wrong. I'll have to look them up. It was a conversation I had with somebody who did hockey card photography, and he was telling me that Back in the day, like in the 80s, Tops would pay him like something like $7.50 to use a photo. And then when ProSet came along, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll pay you $18 a photo. And he was just like, $18 a photo? Oh, my God. And then he was just like, so he was giving all his best stuff to ProSet because they were paying more than twice of what Tops was paying. And I have no wonder numbers. when it went out of business. What? Who? I, I said, no wonder they went out of business. Who? ProSet? Paying, paying 18 bucks for photos that Tops was paying seven. <laughs> well, but if you pay more money, you're going to get a better... I mean, obviously, if you have two pictures of Gary Suter, you're going to sell both of them, but you're going to sell the nicer one to ProSet or to Upper Deck or whatever. Um, but um, now I know what? that if a, if, if a company buys a, a photo, because the rights are managed differently now than it was 30 years ago. They're paying like $400 to use that photo. Think, think, think about that. And even if those numbers aren't correct, if they're ballpark, yeah. you know, tops pays, tops pays eight bucks for a photo, right? Yeah. Pro set pays 18 for the same photo. Right. 
fast fast forward a little bit pro sets out of business pops isn't their marketing's changed a little bit but they're 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 still they still exist they're still a viable company but you look at those particular cards and the designs of those cards and what those cards hold think think about where you find the pro set cards versus where you find tops yeah maybe 1990 91 92 those are all in the you know nickel and dime boxes but right for the most part pro set is like i mean i know i know how you feel about pro set, well, pro set i don't want to use the word garbage for but... a, a lot of other reasons that wasn't necessarily sure. it we'll get into that in another yeah. show that would actually make a great um a great conversation but uh get, getting back to the the gold label yeah it's it's pretty cool any anything you want to add to that before we uh wrap it up I would like to add that anybody listening that has 9899 gold label and would like to give them to me, feel free. Okay, you heard it. You know, uh <laughs> they could find you uh they could find you on Twitter at the real DFG. Is that correct? Uh yes, they okay. can uh they can find my blog also the real DFG. Um I'm out there. Yeah. People I saw you've been me. actually you've been updating that blog quite regularly now. Yeah, I've been trying, you know. I you like did the one about Crosby's first goal, and you did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did. That's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to see that's. Uh, I crawl making, out of the woodwork every once in a while. Making a making a comeback. Um. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Like I said, if uh, you want to get in touch with Tim, you can uh, find him on Twitter at the Real DFG. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Puck Junk. And if you like this site, if you like this podcast, please consider buying a shirt from shop.puckjunk.com. And until next week, thanks for listening. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at Puck Junk.